fuck's happening? Oh, oh shit, man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Oh, man, I seen some crazy-ass shit in my time, but this is... This, this, Welcome everybody, this is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host, and we have some very special guests with us here today at UBC, broadcasting from Unseated Masculine Land on 101.9 FM CITR Radio. We have executive director and executive producer of Crazy 8's Paul Armstrong and co-producer and production coordinator of Crazy 8's Stephanie Halbert with us here today in the studio. How are you guys doing? Great. Just Hello, great. everyone. Hello. Ooh, all right, all right. Time to step right into it. I mean, this is your third year. This is your third year together on Crazy Eights. How does it feel, guys? How does it feel? Busy. Well, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but every year is a challenge. It's uh, There's no cookie-cutter approach. You have to reinvent the wheel every time. It's always new people applying, so you have to get the word out there like we're starting over. Of Can't rest on our laurels. Tradition and innovation. Ooh, how about a little bit of a word from you, Stephanie? I know that you're a super busy person in this incredibly dynamic environment. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a ton of fun to see where everything starts and where it all finishes, and I'm really excited to hear what stories we have coming in this year. Awesome. All right, um, talking about Crazy Eights, first of all, for the people out there who don't know what it is, what is the event Crazy Eights? It's an eight-day filmmaking challenge. It was started by the Directors Guild of Canada in 1999 to help train filmmakers and crews. Since then, 103 films have been made. People have three days to film and five days to post their film, post-production on their film. And then they screen for the biggest audience in Vancouver of the year at our Crazy Eights Gala and Party. And then they go on to play festivals and on TV and win awards after that. So the beauty of this, this event to me is actually that it's giving the chance to everybody who is willing to apply to actually make it happen and tell their story. Um, now, how can people apply and actually become part of this family, of the Crazy Eights family? So well, our registration is uh, open now on our website at crazyeights.film. And we also have a pitch uh, package audiobook that's available to download if you want to hear more about pitching. And then... This Sunday, we actually have an information registration session where people can go in person. It's cheaper to register that day, where they're going to watch past Crazy Eights films, video pitches, and hear from past judges and filmmakers on tips for uh, how to pitch for Crazy Eights. So he starts with a video pitch, a four-minute 
video pitch of your story and a little bit about yourself. And then from there, we uh, narrow it down to 40 people they pitch in person. And then from those 40 gets narrowed down to 12 who write their scripts. And those 12 get selected down to six. And then those six get $1,000, all sorts of in-kind services to make their film in just eight days in February. Wow, man, yeah. that's a that's a hell of a process right there. Oh yeah, because um, last year we had over two hundred applications, so it's a matter of going from last year two hundred sixteen down to six. Wow, wow, that's a really long process, yeah. but uh, I believe only the stories that matter actually make it uh, make it through, huh? Yeah, we're able to really get to the cream of the crop by narrowing it down. We have two sets of judge panels, so we're able to sort of really focus on the ones that we want to make. Wow, so. Again, this is your third year together. How about the two of you guys specifically? Because we have some very interesting characters over here. Um, Paul actually studied history himself, and Stephanie is actually in the world of acting as well. Um, what is your, your, what is, where does this passion come through, you know, from these different worlds coming together and giving birth to this event? How did it all happen? Where did you guys meet? Um, well, I started working with Paul um, as an intern on... Um, Crazy Eights, and from there we started working on a whole bunch of stuff together. So we actually worked together in a variety of capacities, including uh, the Cellulite Social Club, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, and sometimes we do the Hot Shot Shorts competition together, and we've done a documentary together and Crazy Eights as well. So we work uh, pretty closely in a whole bunch of stuff. What What was the documentary uh, about, the one you guys made together? It's about Kenny Coleman. He's a jazz singer. He just died just a month ago, but he was a uh, famous... Canadian jazz singer lived in Vancouver he was discovered by Frank Sinatra and then he was a mentor to Michael Bublé sort of the connecting link between them and now his son Chase Coleman wants to become a singer but the father's saying stick to your day job don't go into showbiz it's too difficult so it's a father-son relationship at the same time as uh, looking back on Kenny's career where he met all sorts of famous people nice yeah. awesome so, so the CBC documentary channel how did it start from you Paul like wh- where did this passion for the storytelling the visual storytelling come from uh, I always had it since I was a kid, always playing, whether it's playing war in the backyard or playing with toys to make a story. It was always there. But originally, my interest was in theater, not film. So uh, I actually studied in England. I went to UBC and studied history here, uh, did my BA, and then I went on to study history in England, and that's where I got involved in theater. But then I came back to Vancouver, and it's such a film town. I got involved in both theater and film because all the people I knew were in film here. So for 10 years, I did both theater and film, but now I'm just focusing on, on film. But uh, I've always wanted to tell stories, either theater or film. Awesome. And I know Stephanie tells the stories as well on a performance level, not only on a producing level, but actually on a performance level. How about that? Yeah, so I started my career in musical theater and music and singing and um, dancing and acting and all that kind of stuff. And um, as my career progressed, I decided that not only do I want to be a part of the creative aspect of the story, but I want to help create the stories um, from a production level and um, build them from the ground up. So I got really excited about producing things and I transitioned slowly from um, acting in stories and singing to uh, teaching kids uh, acting and then moved from there into producing and also casting. So I'm involved in a whole different variety of aspects in the industry now. So tasty. How about that teaching kids? That sounds so interesting right there. Like what, what, how, what is the process? You know, it's super different from teaching to someone who is an adult, I believe. Yeah. So I've been teaching kids actually for five years. Um, I started over in Victoria because that's where I grew up and uh, worked at a couple studios over there in low income schools. 
And um, when I moved to Vancouver, I now teach at Biz Studio. And I teach primarily right now kids from 5 to 12, so just little guys. Um, but I've taught high school as well, filmmaking um, and low-income schools and stuff like that. But I think um, it's really fun with kids because kids are so free. They're natural storytellers. And so their biggest thing is just getting them to trust themselves and trust their instincts and giving them a space to play. Um, and also doing all of that, but having it, you know, having them able to have the professional skill set to be on a professional film set so that they can do their job and collaborate with directors. And a lot of my students have gone off to work with um, Charlize Theron or Tim Disney or a lot of A-listers. Sounds uh, amazing, huh? So of course, really there, is a, there is a purity behind that innocence right there, yes, huh? Absolutely. That purity that delivers the story right away. It's important to stay connected to our childish side every time, huh? That's key. I I'm see. constantly connected to my child's side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How? 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 Tell us about that. Uh, How? He eats a lot of chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> a lot of chocolate chip <laughs> yeah. croissants. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, uh, it's just by staying in this business, just staying in a storytelling business where Mindset. you're able to yeah, work in a place that you can express yourself, either through the work you're working on yourself or through other people's visions. So I think that's what keeps you... Uh, Keeps you alive. Yeah. It's about being alive, right? We're so lucky in Vancouver. The community is so collaborative and warm and welcoming that I feel, uh, you know, we're really lucky to to work together on all the things that we do and and just be in this city. Such a dynamic and flowy community over here in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. No shortage of storytellers. (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, of course, uh, in this show, we we have all filmmakers, storytellers. This is Room Tone. And uh, in this show, soundtrack of movies actually intercut with the interviews that we have with storytellers here and as you might have heard in the intro of course we have the amazing amazing mind mind-blowing impeccable soundtrack of 2001 a space odyssey we did the intro with the also sprack uh, zaratustra and uh, uh paul actually gave me the lead and helped me out to you know uh, made the made the choice and uh, we're here arranging all the songs to to make it happen for you guys paul how come well, a couple of reasons. One, 2001 Space Odyssey is one of my favorite films, so I wanted to pick something from my favorite films. Also, classical music is my favorite kind of music, and I'm also a big fan of uh, The Spake Zarathustra, the book by Nietzsche. So it all came together. for <laughs> That's the first one that came to mind, so that's why. Perfect instinct, yeah. huh? Gut feeling against the yeah. rational yeah. thought. Yeah, hopefully it's not too uh, subdued and <laughs> nah. calm for people out there. No, no, no. We're actually going to dive deep very soon into our next song from the movie. Um, this is The Blue Danube from a very specific part of the movie. Uh, again, this is a Room Tone. Uh, Ruggiero back here behind this microphone. The Blue Danube from 2001 A Space Odyssey.
Welcome back, everybody. Here we are with Paul Armstrong and Stephanie Halber. We're just talking about the importance of our childish side when it comes to the arts and when it comes to life in general, because life is art anyways. But um, I want to ask you guys, um, what about that childish side in there? What color is that childish side that you guys have in there? What is that color that defines you? All Cur the colors. <laughs> it's curiosity. <laughs> so it's never wanting to stop questioning what's going on, but not answer it in childish simplest term so it's still 
looking at it from an adult point of view, but just the desire to keep looking is, is keeping your child's side open, but to keep doing it in a more and more complex way as you get older. Oh, so there is a word <laughs> complexity in there. How, how yeah, would you yeah, carve you, your way you, well, around you, that? You want to continue having that outlook, but not in such a simple way as when you were a kid because you're not fully developed and you don't have the knowledge. So you have to balance that out with the desire to keep pursuing that dream, but also with uh, constantly developing your your uh, your techniques for trying to find it, trying to pursue your dreams by practicing your craft as an artist or uh, expanding your knowledge base if you're, if you're using knowledge to find sure. whatever you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so keep the desire alive, but do it in a more and more complex way. Of course, articulating, huh? tradition yeah, yeah. innovation always. Yeah. How about you? Do you agree, Stephanie? Um, I agree. I think there's a balance to, yes, keeping that creativity. And I think, especially as someone who teaches kids, um, kids are very open with their creativity. And so often the difference between coaching kids as opposed to coaching adults is I feel that as we grow up, we put limitations on ourselves um, and our creativity and all these, you know, these little voices of doubt enter our, our minds and we're told, you know, play quietly, sit quietly, do things quietly, don't run around the house, don't jump on the couch. Um, And it takes away that spontaneity of freedom where that creativity kind of comes from. And of course, we have to do those things because we have to function in an average society. Um, But I I think that's a a nice, it's a tricky balance. Um, How do you keep that balance? How do I keep the balance? So I think the balance has to come from keeping the spontaneity with my students and um, their acting and what they naturally want to tell the story in their own way. And I think so often um, a lot of coaches, you know, they want to direct kids and impose their own adult ideas on what the story should look like. And I'm very much more interested in letting a kid interpret a story and seeing what they come up with, asking them, what do they think of the character? What do they think of the story? Getting them to trust their own creative instincts so that they can develop to be independent artists, even though they might only be seven years old. Um, Independency. You said a key word right there. Independency. Mm, Mm -hmm. How nice that that, does that sound. Independency right there. And I think that independency has to come from the fact that I can't follow them on set. I can't follow them in an audition room. I can't follow them in a... I can't hold their hand through life. And even though they are children, they are working actors. So there's an interesting element there where we have to keep that creative spark alive and yet balance it. And I think even... You know, whether you're a kid or you're a filmmaker, you're an adult, you're a writer, you are a costume designer, it's always that balance, right? How do we keep our creative selves open to new experiences and expression, and yet within the format and the the boundaries in which we are allowed to play as artists? So as an actress yourself and working in casting as well, what is that one quality, that one uh, piece of stardust that makes every actor different? I look for actors that change the air in the room. And I think that some people call it the X factor. Some people call it, you know, that the it, Mm -hmm. the magic sparkle dust in someone's eyes. And I think it's it has more to do with um, when you walk into a casting room or or an audition or you're you're creating something. What is it in the energy in the room that you can impact and not just, especially with acting, because I also work in casting um, with Tiffany Mack, and I also cast another TV series out of Hong Kong this summer called Another Era mm. on my own independently. 
And I'm always looking for those actors that walk in and they don't just come in and say the lines or they come in coached or they come, you know, acting from the neck up only with their faces, but they actually come in and they tell a story and they develop a character and it's so captivating that no matter what you're doing, no matter what kind of day you've had, they make you want to watch them because they change the energy in the room. There is some sort of uh, isolated connection going on over there. Uh, how do you spot magic, Paul? Uh, with a capital M. <laughs> nice keep one it, right there. Keep it big. Keep it, yeah. Um, magic. Yeah, it's the same when we're looking for ideas for Crazy Eights. We're looking mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. magical films, not literally, but ones that will break our expectations of maybe what kind of film it is in that genre or a unique idea. So again, something that uh, makes us think or feel differently. Sure. So re-flying back to the event of Crazy Eight, uh, basically there is registration happening right now. Yeah. It kicked off the 20th of September and now it's going to close the 24th of October. That's right. So we're pretty much there, huh? Yeah, a couple more weeks to register. But in the meantime, they can come down to the info session at the Real Theater this Sunday to register in person and find out more from us. We'll be there in person. What time is the event this Sunday? It's uh, doors at 11.30 and then it runs from noon until 4. Okay. Yeah, four hours. And it's free to attend. Free to so attend. Just and show cheaper up. to register that day. So Not bad at all. Down. Not bad at all. Yeah. Who do, we, do we have special guests, Paul, on that day? Well, we're going to have uh, judges from this year, uh, including Amanda Tapping, who's a well-known uh, writer, director, actor, producer in town. She's one of our judges this year. She'll be there along with our other current judges and lots of uh, uh, filmmakers from the last couple of years will be there from Crazy Eights so giving about, tips. What about the story of Crazy Eights? Well, it was started in 1999 by the Directors Guild of Canada, which is the union for uh, directors in in BC. So they uh, they wanted to have a way of being able to train their directors on short films, so they created this contest. Uh, so yeah, 103 films have now been made. It's now a, uh, an independent, uh, non-profit society. So it's no longer run by the Directors Guild, but they started it in 1999. So it's coming up. To Is there a particular years. story that you guys remember from the Crazy Eights? Uh, Stephanie, anything that comes out in your mind? Any oh, particular story? Oh, there's so story? many. Oh, we just make make your choice. I can't choose. It's it's hard. They're all our children. It's like we birth them every year. It's like we joke about it, you know, watching the stories come from the the pitching process all the way to the developmental process and to the straight to the gala. It, it's hard to choose favorites when uh, you you feel like you're helping the filmmakers along the way to to make their stories alive. But of course we do have our favorites, but we can't mention them. But I can tell some recent success stories. Uh, one of the f- I just got back from Edmonton a couple of days ago, the Edmonton Film Festival, where three of the craziest films were playing. One of them just won Canadian uh, Best Canadian Short Ooh. Film. Mm. Yeah, uh, by the Affalter Brothers. It's called The Undertaker's Son. And uh, other success stories recently. One of the films from last year, Shannon Coley directed a film a period piece called A Family of Ghosts, and she showed that to the NBC producers on a show she's working on, The Magicians, and then they recently hired her to direct an episode partly uh, based on the fact that she could... Uh, do something as great as her Crazy Eights film. So we love success stories like that where it gets people to the next level in their career. What do you be- when do you believe a story is successful all the way? I mean, there are so many stories out there, so many times the timing of that, that story is off, but there are sometimes those magical moments, those magical stories that really manage to close a whole cycle and make things clearer. What are those stories to you guys? Well, in the past couple of years, the stories have been getting a little bit more serious as the world becomes a darker place. We find uh, hmm. the story, like this past year, a lot of the 
films dealt with what's happening in the world Mm -hmm. right now. So um, having last year at least overly comedic films maybe didn't sort of fit in with the vibe of what's happening in the world. (laughs) So we definitely see a reflection of what's happening and the films that are getting made. But that said, any kind of film we're open to see. So people don't have to think because they were made that year. Like last year, they were made that way. They have to do them this year. It's blue sky in terms of what people want to do. But we just do find a trend every year, sort of depending on what's happening in the world. Sure. Stephanie, do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it goes back to the Angel's question, you know, art is a reflection of society and, and humanity. So and it's really the other interesting. Way, though, to try to and, change and it the other well. way, too, that how you can inspire, you know, your little section of the planet um, with the stories that you tell. So it's, it definitely feeds into each other, and we see that right away, even from the pitching process. But but what I impressed with the filmmakers last year, some of the films are issue-based, but they don't do it in a didactic kind of way. They're not preaching. They do it. They veil it in comedy or satire um, or in other ways that don't feel like they're knocking the audience over the head and they're able to still get their message through in an effective way by using art. Mm, art, art. How did yeah. it? Uh, how did it start for you guys? When the when 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 the art? You actually guys said, okay, I want to get into the arts. You know, like that's I want to tell stories. I want to get. Is it something you guys started since when you were born? You just felt that it was that fire within you, or there was some sort of transformation throughout your life. Paul has good stories. I have good stories. You Make it happen, man. Make it happen. Stories. It's right here. You're uh, when you transitioned from theater into into the film community here. Well, I was doing both for a long time. I produced 20 plays over 10 years while I was also doing film, but then film just became so busy I couldn't do theater. But I don't know if that's a funny story or not, but <laughs> but I, I do want to go back to doing theater as well as film. And I think for me, it definitely started in music. Um, I actually started my roots of everything in singing and taking voice lessons and um, performing in city competitions for classical music and from there moving into musical theater and then from musical theater into acting for film and television and now growing into more production side of things. Um, it's just been a interesting growth. Full-on exploration. What yes. type of singing? What genre specifically? Oh, um, I trained uh, in musical theater and classical voice um, and around the house I sing pretty much everything from jazz to pop to my favorite Disney songs to (laughs) um, whatever inspires me that day. Interesting. Conduit of cosmic energy with the voice right there. All right. I want to ask you something. You just talked about the past over here. How about the future? Where do you guys see yourselves in 10 years? Hopefully still alive uh, <laughs> <laughs> at my advanced age. Well, I'll uh, continue to be doing what I'm doing, working in the arts, I'm hoping. I mean, by then I probably won't be running Crazy Eats, but I'll continue to be producing films, maybe theater again. And uh, I want to uh, do more writing myself of my own projects. Wow, we're going to touch that uh, later. Uh, Stephanie, how about you? Where do you see yourself? Oh, the possibilities are endless. Um, I think right now I juggle so many different jobs in this industry and they all lead down so many different paths and roads that I'm just trying to embrace um, whatever the world throws my way and just running with it. So if that means acting or casting or producing or VR projects or um, traveling or staying here, but definitely always related to film and art and uh, performing arts and everything combined. 
Awesome. That sounds very tasty. All right, people. Um, this is Room Tone. We have Paul Armstrong here and Stephanie Halbert uh, joining us here at the show. We're broadcasting from CITR 11.9 FM. We color our interviews with soundtrack from movies. Today we're super blessed and we have 2001 Space Odyssey. Everybody enjoy Gayan Balesut Adagio.
Welcome back, everybody. Room tone over here. We have the company of Stephanie Halber and Paul Armstrong with us. Uh, UBC over here, CITR Radio 101.9 FM. I say we dive deep into the idea of Crazy Eights over here. This is our last chance to let people know out there what's happening with Crazy Eights um, as an event that really colors and identifies uh, and, and crafts the identity of Vancouver's filmmaking community. Uh, as an executive producer and executive director, Paul, um, what is the one thing that really differs Crazy Aids from other events? I think it's all the support that you get. Besides the cash and the in-kind services, we offer a lot of mentorship workshops, mentorship with a lot of uh, the leading directors and producers in the city. So it's all the support that we can provide to help make your film. Of course. Nice. This is very interesting because in this room, the three of us, we all actually come from theater. We all had experience previously in theater, and we're now basically taking it with us and applying it to filmmaking. What is the major difference to the two of you guys that has that differs the world of theater from the world of filmmaking? For me, it's the immersion. The kind of theater I enjoy the most is immersive theater, where there's not necessarily a stage where the audience is participating with the actors. So for me, it's all about being able to step into the story, not just watch it on a two-dimensional screen, just not watch pixels on the screen, but actually help drive the storyline. For me, that's the most exciting kind of theater, and that's partly why I enjoy theater to such an extent, is you're able to help shape the storyline. How about you, Stephanie? Um, I think there's so many similarities that, it, for me, it really comes down to story, just uh, the elements of uh, a good story that draws you in like a book that you can't put down. And it doesn't matter if it's a... A theater piece or a musical theater piece or a film, um, just the element of that story. The element of the story goes back to the story. Sometimes, as storytellers, we get lost in the structure and the technical, you know, and uh, everything that actually that isn't part of what makes the story itself. That would drive well, the well, characters. Well, for me, for me, it's not just story. It's got to be. Uh, an idea, something that you're trying to say. What are you saying? Because anyone can just make a story, mm-hmm. but unless it's saying something, so many people, I think, make projects, but then they're maybe not uh, experienced enough to tell something that's impactful and meaningful. So, because story is just basically plot and character and so on, but there has to be something beyond that. There has to be a reason for telling the story in the first place. As a writer yourself, you seek the statement behind the story. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what about that writing of yours? Well, that, that was inspired by what's happening in the world these days. I started working on a story a couple of years ago uh, once the world started changing in a dark kind of way. And so I just felt like I needed to put that down on paper. So I've been working on a story for a couple of years that uh, I'm hoping to start maybe uh, have it start as a novel to start with and then expand from there to other mediums like film perhaps. Yeah, It's almost like a ringing bell, huh? what's been happening yeah. lately, like a big, big ringing bell. Is there an, has there been uh, been any sort of ringing bell in your life, Stephanie? Something that uh, created a little bit of a change or dragged you somewhere you didn't expect? Um, every day is is a is a ringing bell for me. Every day is different than the last. Um, there's nothing. There's no one thing that I can say right now that is standing out. But there are a lot of little ringing bells that are just starting to to sound up that I'm still exploring that I'm really excited about. So uh, we'll see where things go from there. Awesome. And uh, 
thinking about where things w- might go, I want to give you guys a chance. I want you guys to pitch a future project. We do it every episode with every filmmaker. And we have, I have here a, a clock who can't wait to start the race of the one minute. And we have here one minute to pitch a project or some sort of, uh, um, uh, some sort of next step in your let's, creative life. Let's pitch a pitch. <laughs> Let's well, pitch a crazy AIDS pitch. Let's pitch no, a crazy AIDS pitch. Because okay. I, think I don't want to put myself up to that standard. I, I think <laughs> I think we're basically the ones that people pitch to. So maybe we should pitch to people why they should pitch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, can, can you make that happen, Paul? Your yeah. minute is going to be all about that. All yeah, right. Let's okay. make that happen. Are you ready? Yeah. And let's go. You should pitch for crazy AIDS because we are here to help you. Make uh, your film. Yes. Make your film and help make your career. So make your film, make your career. We can get you to the next step by helping you make the best film that you can make by providing as much support as we can for you. It'll be shown to an audience of 1,750 people minimum. And from there, we'll help you get it into festivals and possibly win awards, which they often do and get onto TV. Many of them get sold to CBC every year, and you can get money actually from that. So we can help get it out into the world as well as onto the Crazy Eights Gala stage. And help you make contacts with other industry professionals, be it our sponsors. We have 165 sponsors. A lot of them you'll get to know. 15 seconds. That'll help you. uh, So in other words, I think you'd be crazy not to pitch for Crazy Eights. Woo! Ending that 10 seconds earlier with that nice ending. All right, I'll give you that. Not bad at all. So let me ask you guys, because uh, people might be asking themselves that um, out there. What are you guys looking for from a pitch? We're looking for a passion. So the filmmaker has to show that they have to make this film. It's not just they want to make it. They have to. It's a matter of artistic life and death. So we need to, that passion has to be infected. Just basically, we have to want to come on board with them because uh, their personality is just so invested in the film that it has to get made, and we want to be part of that. Awesome. Is there something you specifically seek for, Stephanie, in pitches? Um, the element of surprise. I <laughs> I think that's it. When, when Paul and I are, you know, going through the trenches, watching all the video pitches, I really, um, Paul and I are, I can say this confidently about both of us, is we watch every single pitch from start to finish. Um, regardless of the pitch, Paul always twice. watches them twice. I watch them once, Paul watches them twice. I take notes <laughs> once um, so that I can remember them. But I think having that just that element, that spark, um, that magic X factor that we talked about earlier is is key. Yeah, so a lot of people pitch genre projects. It can't just be your standard genre project. There's got to be an element to it that takes it beyond that, another dimension. That uh, the genre is just sort of a cloak for what the real story is underneath. Passion heals and mm-hmm. passion uh, uh, dives deep mm-hmm. again. Huh? Passion is the key always. Yeah, but they also have to back it up with uh, the ability to do it. They can have passion, but they also have to prove that they can... It's a filmmaking competition. Yeah, and so they have, they have to be realistic at the same time. Yeah, Of course. It's always a balance. We go back to that idea mm-hmm. of balance and yeah. magic with uh, capital M right there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do, let's do this. Do you guys know who Proust is? Oh, yes. He's nice. One of All right. Authors. We're going to get into the Proust questionnaire right now. All right. He wrote 35 hey. questions. We're going to go through five of them. He thought that uh, these questions would help define someone's true identity. We'll see if that works. Otherwise, we'll just have a little bit of fun. Okay, first question of the Proust questionnaire to Paul Armstrong and Stephanie Halbert here. Which living person do you most admire? No one. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> How come? All my heroes are dead <laughs> wow okay okay that's um mm, mm, mm. Well, so what about your 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 heroes your past heroes 
They're all pretty much literary figures. Like Goethe is my favorite uh, mm. literary figure, one of my favorite figures. So pretty much the gamut of my heroes are artists, uh, theater artists, musicians. A uh, big fan of Bach and Beethoven, and so yeah, all my heroes are pretty much gone, unfortunately. Mm. Which is one of the problems in the world today. There's not a lot of role models to look up to. Not many heroes left. They're dying off every couple of days, it seems. Mm. I'm the opposite. I think there's there are heroes everywhere. There's heroes on the people you meet on the bus. There's heroes on the person who helps you carry your groceries home unexpectedly. There are heroes um, all around us, I think. So I, I don't look for one specific person, but I think it's just those acts of kindness and humanity that we encounter unexpectedly on a day-to-day that, uh, that keep the world going. Wow, all right, give me that motivational right there. I'll say yes all the way. All right, second question of the Proust questionnaire. What is your greatest extravagance? Extravagance? Extravagance. How about you, Paul? You mean doing something that you shouldn't necessarily do because it's... Yeah, it's, yeah, make uh, it happen, man. Yeah. Let it all out. Well, I love travel. Mm-hmm. So um, it's expensive, but for me, it's a learning experience. So for me, I think travel is... Mm-hmm. Although I wouldn't call it an extravagance, I'd call it a necessity. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, question, well, my other question extra- is my, raised okay, my and other, my other is one given. is uh, My other one is book collecting. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to purchasing and reading books. So, again, it's a necessity to me, but some might see it as an extravagance. I mean, oh, look at that hunger yeah. for knowledge, man. Yeah. Mm, one of the greatest gifts, huh? I can tell you that for sure. Stephanie? Uh, my greatest extravagance... Um, I say just an hour of sleep, naps, <laughs> naps, naps in between all of my jobs. I don't uh, sleep. Paul doesn't <laughs> sleep at all. Paul's a walking zombie. I don't know how he does it. Um, but I think uh, having a good nap here and there, that's that's uh, divine. <laughs> nice. Power naps are key for creative. Power, huh? power naps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Third question of the Proust questionnaire. When and where were you happiest? Oh, man, these questions. (laughs) (laughs) When and where was I happiest? Mm, Paul? Uh, Hawaii when I was six years old. Mm, Not bad (laughs) at all, eh? I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. Stephanie, thinking about it? I'm still thinking. um, Probably just laughing with family. There's There's no one one... One point. All the points. All the points laughing with family and friends. Just sharing laughter with loved ones. Awesome. Nice. Nice. Nice and neat. Nice and neat. Okay. Fourth question of the Proust questionnaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One by one. Just like that. What is your most treasured possession? Um, this sounds kind of dorky, but I'm going to say my teddy bear. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> I've had it since before I was born. It's the one thing that I've had in my whole life. Um, if it's an actual physical possession, then that would probably be the one Dr. Bear. That's it. I feel you 100%. <laughs> totally resonates. Yeah. Paul? For me, it's my library. Mm. Yeah. I've got library of 4,000 books, so I couldn't see myself surviving without those. Nice. And fifth question of the Proust questionnaire. What do you consider your greatest achievement? It's in the future. Okay, okay. (laughs) I like that answer. Oh, my gosh. 
I should have asked for these questions ahead of time. (laughs) 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 You offered and we took the risk. (laughs) My greatest achievement in life. Um, I don't know. I could think of this one for a long time. You know what? Let's leave it that it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen. It's going to happen but soon. But how do you define achievement? That's that's a very that's interesting the, that's question. That's the thing. That's the thing that I'm stuck on is how do you define achievement? It, you, it's strictly personal, I believe, you know. It's, maybe it's just in the fact of, you know, well, every day, every day is an achievement. Goals. Achieving the fact that you're alive, hey? Exactly. Being alive, being able to feel, being able to reach out and connect just like right now. To me, that's a great achievement right there. But, you know, it's, so, it's, it's not easy to give answers because truly all knowing begins from questions. And every question demands a quest. You yes, know, and, every, and every question demands another question, another yeah, question. Yeah, questions. Yeah. It's a process, but we're here for questions. Answers are boring. We're here for questions. Awesome. All right. So these were Paul Armstrong and Stephanie Halber from uh, Crazy Eights event. That's not the only event that you actually give birth to, guys, right? That's right. I also started the Celluloid Social Club, which is a screening of short films that we do at the Anza Club every couple months. Uh, I actually started it in November 1997. So November 15th, we have our 20-year anniversary screening and party where we're going to be showing actually a one-hour CTV special that I filmed 20 years ago with a lot of the leading stars in Vancouver at the time. Uh, I actually acted in it myself. I wasn't producing it. I'm so excited to see Paul act, you oh, guys. You, can't you really have call it, you to can't show call up. Acting. You have <laughs> to show up. Everyone has to show up <laughs> for our 20th anniversary. I'm pretty curious as well. All right. Before leaving each other, how can people reach you guys? Crazy8s.film for the website for Crazy8s. Uh, and our emails are on there or celluloidsocialclub.com for the Celluloid Social Club. Uh, our Twitter handle, Crazy8sFilm. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, of course, uh, Instagram. Um, Crazy8s.film. It's got our emails. Go straight there. Awesome. Any piece of advice for the people out there? Keep listening. <laughs> Keep listening and uh, be bold, be brave. And pitch. And pitch. Well, listening in life is, is truly hard to, to actually learn, eh? to truly listen to people, listening mm-hmm. to someone and reach the heart of someone through listening that's the hardest thing that probably a human being could do but we're all here to learn that so here to leave you guys off until we catch uh, in two weeks because in one week we actually cannot go on air but in two weeks we'll be here with Runton Amrugero this is Elmir Deodato with uh, a little bit of a spicy Alzo Sprach Zaratustra for you because sometimes in life you just need a little bit of that spice to make it happen everybody enjoy life I'll see you in two weeks